0: Hey everyone, this is Kelly, your Nutritional Nerd, bringing you the health news you want to hear for the week of June 26, 2023. Now before we dive into today's topic, I'd like to take a moment to remind you that this information is intended for general purposes only, and it is not a substitute for professional medical advice. You should always seek the advice of your medical practitioner for your unique case. Now let's dive into today's topic how stress affects our brain. Are you stressed? Do you know how stress affects your body and brain? Now I have addressed the idea of stress on this podcast many times, but I do feel it is so important that I would like to consider it yet again. So let's dive into the topic of stress. What stress is what happens in our bodies when we experience stress how stress affects the brain, and most importantly, what we can do about it. Now, how do you know if you are experiencing stress? Well, for some people, the signs of stress are really obvious. They get frazzled, uh, feel overwhelmed, on edge, and their muscles tense. Sometimes stress manifests as anxiety, physical tension, emotional outbursts, or an overactive mind. Did you realize that you may also be stressed if you struggle with exhaustion, digestive problems, or unexplained body aches? So if you feel exhausted all day, every day, even after getting a decent night's sleep, it might be due to excess or chronic stress and adrenal issues. If the amount of stress you experience, like uh, which we consider that your stress load, greater than what your adrenal glands can manage, you can enter a state of stress-induced adrenal overload. This is one of the most common health issues in today's society, yet it is often one of the most overlooked. Your adrenal glands are two small, triangular-shaped glands that sit on top of your kidneys. They're often considered our stress glands because they produce certain hormones, like cortisol, in response to stress. They also help regulate our metabolism. They affect our immune system function, they control our blood pressure, play a role in our cognitive function, and help balance our hormones. Now, these stress glands, or adrenals, are most commonly known for helping the body cope with stress. They constitute a significant part of the HPA axis... And that stands for hypothalamic-pituitary-adrenal axis. And this is responsible for how we manage when things get tough. In other words, the HPA axis is the driving force behind the stress response. So what is the stress response? Well, the HPA axis is our body's central response system to stress. It's made of three parts, as you can probably guess, the hypothalamus, the pituitary gland, and the adrenal glands. Every time the body perceives stress, it springs to action. Once the hypothalamus detects stress, it sends a signal, a chemical called CRF to the pituitary gland, which tells it to start secreting other hormones. One of the hormones, the pituitary gland, which is often the body considered the body's master gland, So one of the hormones that the pituitary releases is called ACTH. This hormone activates the adrenals so that the adrenals start producing hormones designed to aid in the stress response. And the hormones the adrenals produce include things like cortisol, adrenaline, and DHEA. Cortisol is one of the best known stress chemicals. It's our body's long-term stress hormone. When cortisol is present in the blood, glucose is released and the body switches into fight or flight or survival mode. When this happens, all non-essential bodily functions are reduced to allow our main organs and large muscles to be ready to act or escape if needed. That means our immune defenses and digestive functions are put on the back burner or suppressed for the time being. Now, I always recommend clients who eat when stressed, rushed, or on the go, to stop and take three long, slow, deep breaths before enjoying a meal. This may be enough to reduce cortisol and circulation and activate the rest and digest mode, which would allow food eaten to be properly digested and absorbed. Adrenaline is also called epinephrine, if you weren't sure of that, and it is one of the hormones released immediately and in large quantities when the hypothalamus senses danger. Now, the quick surge of adrenaline is our body's primary rapid response hormone. It instantly increases heart rate, blood pressure, and breathing. It gives the body a rush of energy to escape if needed. Our hands and feet might become cold or cooler as blood moves away from the extremities toward the large muscles and main organs to help us run or defend ourselves. Our pupils will also dilate in order to help us see better. And all of these body reactions happen the instant adrenaline kicks in. And if you've never heard of DHEA before, DHEA is our anti-aging hormone, and it's got many functions. It regulates immunity, helps control the inflammatory process, and keeps the immune system on high alert. But DHEA does much more than that. Our body uses it to make androgens and estrogens our sex hormones Higher levels of DHEA are related to improved mood, reduced fatigue, and overall improved well-being. Thanks to the HPA axis, our natural stress response allows us to react quickly and move to safety when faced with a threat. The system is crucial for our survival. But when our body perceives stress for an extended time, like months or even years, then our natural stress response will lose its effectiveness and become counterproductive. Excess cortisol and reduced levels of DHEA will contribute to anxiety, irritability, annoyance, and depression. And these depleting emotions will zap our energy and leave us drained with no resources to fight back, even when faced with minimal daily stressors. So what about chronic versus acute stress? Well, acute or situational stress happens in the moment when a perceived threat arises and our nervous system springs to action to alert us to the threat. Many of these events occur in our daily lives, like when a squirrel darts across the road in front of us and we have to brake quickly to prevent hitting it. Or we're just about to fall asleep and a dog barks, which initiates our startle response. Other acute stressors can occur when our boss informs us of a timeline change at work, or we have to rush to get the job done when we're caught in a thunder or lightning storm while camping, or when we touch a hot pan and react quickly to prevent further damage. Now, In each of these situations, we instantly shift into fight or flight mode, and for obvious reasons. Our heart pounds, adrenaline is released to give us a quick burst of energy so that we can defend ourselves or react quickly. But once the danger subsides, the fear and stress chemicals released are purged from the system. Her heart rate, blood pressure, and hormone levels return to normal. This stress response is vital to our survival. It allows us to escape danger when it appears, and it alerts us to anything that threatens our comfort. Our nervous system generally bounces back from these acute stressors relatively easily. The problem is, as I'm sure you can, um, you can guess, our body can't differentiate between the different kinds of stress we experience. So whether it's the physical stress at the sight of a wolf while hiking, or the mental stress caused by working 60 hours a week, or the emotional stress from dealing with a breakup or, or aggravating relatives, our body will react the same way by pumping out loads of stress chemicals. And an even greater problem arises when we live under chronic long-term stress. Chronic stress occurs when our nervous system turns the stress response on and keeps it on for an extended period of time. This can happen when we're chronically ill, when we're dealing with a neurodiverse child or an elderly parent or maybe we're in an unhealthy relationship, or have a demanding, high-paced job that takes us away from our families for long hours every single day. Chronic stress also tends to be cumulative. It's not one thing, but several things stacked onto each other, none of which are easy to deal with on their own. When we perceive any. Or many of these stresses daily, we can get stuck in high adrenaline, high cortisol, and high stress mode. Our nervous system is constantly working overtime and acting to protect us full time, so it has no energy left to put on our long-term goals like weight loss, digesting the meal we just ate, or even relaxation. And this disrupts many of our body's normal life processes and can eventually lead to different health problems. So over time, the sustained unhealthy stimulation of the adrenal glands can eventually exhaust these glands. When ongoing stress is combined with the excessive consumption of sugar, ultra-processed foods, or alcohol, the results can be even more drastic. But how does stress affect the brain? Now, this can't come as a surprise, but the brain is highly sensitive to the effects of stress. The HPA axis can get stuck in overdrive when stress becomes a serious issue. The brain will continually signal the adrenal glands to continue releasing stress hormones, and eventually the adrenal glands can become overworked and get depleted. Once that happens, the body can't manage even minor daily stresses. Everything will seem like an insurmountable problem. And in this way, long-term or chronic stress will impair our short-term stress response. When we're stuck in that survival mode, our fight-or-flight hormone patterns are also stuck, which delivers blood to the large muscles, and at the same time, it starves the brain. Without adequate blood flow to the brain for extended period, our overall brain function will decline, as will our emotional well-being. Moreover, chronic stress will also negatively impact the health of our gut. It'll kill off some of its friendly bacteria, and that's going to be a problem for many reasons. But when the bacteria involved in producing GABA and serotonin are depleted, then these essential neurotransmitters will also be reduced, and that will leave us moody, irritable, lacking focus, and unable to sleep. A vicious, vicious cycle. So what can we do? The first step in managing chronic stress is to recognize what's happening. So what if you started to see stress as not a problem, but a solution? What if you considered your body's stress response as your body's way of alerting you to danger and only showing up in an attempt to protect you? Would that change your reaction to stress? The more awareness we have about what's happening, the less power it has on us. And that statement is worth repeating and remembering. The more awareness we have about what is happening in our nervous system the less power it has over us. So when we feel constantly overwhelmed, anxious, out of control, or tense, we should recognize that it's our nervous systems way of showing up to protect us. In fact, this simple acknowledgement can often move us from feeling disempowered or afraid of our thoughts and experiences to having a roadmap and practical steps that we can work with. After all, a stressful event itself is not the problem. What is the problem is how we perceive the event. So now that we understand what's happening, how can we minimize the adverse effects of chronic stress and regain balance? Well, the answer is fourfold. First, understand that stress is our body's way of trying to protect us. When we see stress for what it is, our body's reaction to a perceived event, Then we can regain control and decide how much attention the situation warrants. Second, we want to maintain a healthy HPA axis to help alleviate adrenal overload. And we can do this through regular, moderate-intensity aerobic exercise, a regular meditation practice, practicing gratitude, laughing more, and considering adaptogenic herbs to better help us cope with the stress in our life. And some of these adaptogenics can include panax ginseng, rhodiola, ashwagandha, green tea extract, and holy basil. Third, we definitely want to eat well. And this is one thing that we can easily manage ourselves. Cut out the most damaging and inflammatory foods from your diet, like white sugar, gluten-containing grains, artificial sweeteners, and deep fried foods. We want to focus meals around whole, nutrient-dense foods, fresh fruits and vegetables of a variety of colors, quality protein foods, and ample omega-3 fatty acids. Consider supplementing with vitamin C, omega-3s, probiotics, and a quality multivitamin that contains essential vitamins and minerals like magnesium, B vitamins, vitamin D, and zinc. And number four, we want to add in a few fundamental lifestyle changes, like really being mindful of toxins, lifestyle toxins that come from cigarette smoke and excessive alcohol, and then know what other lifestyle habits contribute to stress, like fasting, intense exercise, dehydration, and excess caffeine. Each of these things do contribute to stress. They're good stressors in some cases, but they continue or contribute to our stress load. So, honor yourself by taking time out for yourself and your needs. And consider good stress management techniques like heart math. Now, following these tips can help you better manage life's stressors as they arise. Increase resilience to allow your body to bounce back from acute stressors more efficiently and improve energy, cognition, and overall well-being. Now, of course, if these suggestions or not knowing where to start create more stress for you, then please reach out for support. Start slowly with one suggestion and then take it from there. You do not have to approach anything with an all or nothing attitude. Now, one way of helping your body combat stress to become more resilient and allow it to bounce back from the effects of stress is using the evidence-based principles behind heart math. Researchers at the Institute of Heart Math have shown that when we intentionally shift to a positive emotion like appreciation, care, or gratitude, or love, then our heart rhythms change and that change will positively benefit the entire body through a cascade of biological, hormonal, and neurochemical events. And the effects are immediately and they can be long lasting as well. Depleting emotions that we experience when we are stressed will lead to disorderly and chaotic heart rhythms, but um, harmony and rhythmic heart pattern, patterns will be created when we experience renewing emotions like joy appreciation, kindness, and care. And that harmony will extend throughout the body and the nervous system to improve our mental clarity, to improve our focus, to give us more energy, and improve our cognitive abilities. And the heart-focused breathing techniques taught through heart mass can have far-reaching effects, especially if your nervous system seems to be stuck in overdrive. Now, If you would like to learn about these techniques from a certified heart math practitioner, then contact me because I am one of those certified heart math practitioners. And as always, I welcome your thoughts and value your feedback. I know this was a very heavy uh, podcast today, but I would love to know your thoughts. Drop me a line or comment below. And I would like to thank you so much for listening. Until next time, stay happy and healthy.